The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Good afternoon. Welcome back. Thank you for being here. I hope you're doing well, uh, despite all the dark and difficult things going on in our nation. But uh, let's all remember that uh, we, hopefully you, um, are the adopted son or daughter of the God of the Bible, the God of hope, the God of promise, the God of a future and so we we struggle through these things going on in our nation and around the world. But <clears throat> remember, uh, hopefully your house is built on the rock and not the sand, which makes these times uh, a little easier uh, to endure as our nation struggles through these issues. And, the, and these are important issues when we talk about what's going on in Nashville and some of the other things I'm talking about today. Very important issues. They're at the here and the now. They involve all of our neighbors, all 340 million of them in the American context and because they involve our neighbors, and in many ways, uh, in a negative fashion, uh, we should be involved, not the least of which praying in general for the nation that we live in, and I would say are blessed to live in, uh, but uh, to do what we can uh, in the meantime, at the time that the Lord has given uh, any of us here on earth to be a positive influence, to be salt and light, to uh, work for the uh, good of the city, the land in which you live, as we learn in Ezekiel, salt and light, of course, from the Sermon on the Mount, and uh and, and to disciple and to reach the lost, we have a lot of work to do. And our job is faithfulness. God takes care of fruitfulness. So, uh, but apathy for any of us simply isn't an option to just kind of sit there and bemoan things and complain about things. Uh, we have to engage, not the least of which is in prayer, which we did on Monday. And I appreciate those of you that called in. Uh, so I want to go through several things today. But if you would like a chance to call in and just share your reactions, your thoughts, where you're at uh, with respect to our nation and this issue and what happened with the Nashville shooting on Monday, the manifesto hasn't been released, been released yet. I hope it will be. I think that's something that the public and the nation needs to wrestle through uh, to see what kind of thinking was going on in this very darkened, obviously mentally disturbed uh, young girl and uh, who would do this. And I, I think we need to be come face to face with that. I don't think we need to hide from that. I don't think that's good for the culture in general. So hopefully... That'll come out, and we'll have a chance to work through that and talk about it. Um, but if you want to call in and just share your thoughts on it, I have other stories to, that I want to talk about. I want to talk about Joe Biden and how he's been handling this the last couple of days. And uh, a little bit about presidential primary politics, uh, really strongly worded tweet from our, our friend Steve Dace, and some notes on that with respect to Trump and DeSantis. And, the, and the, you know, we're way early in that, but this is going to be one of the biggest stories in the next year and a half is the uh, <clears throat> the battle for the White House. And so we'll do that and some other things. But if you want to call in and share, uh, if you have something that the Lord's just kind of got on your heart or on your mind with respect to Nashville from Monday, as long as you're uh, respectful and decent about it, uh, you can talk about the transgender movement. You can talk about the evil and all of that. Uh, I just posted a picture on Facebook earlier, not that long ago, on both my personal page and the radio page on Facebook under the Steve Noble Show or just Steve Noble. That a uh, picture that they they blacked out a little bit of this little girl's face. She's in 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 a doctor's office, 
this is posted on uh, looks like a tweet or something for parents of transgender kids. Maybe it's Instagram. Here was the post. Yesterday was a big day for my beautiful daughter, MTF. Uh, what is that? Male to female? She got her hormone blocker. We are all super stoked. Three exclamation points. And this little kid, which uh, if it's male to female, so this is a little boy and, and they've grown his hair out. So it's down below his shoulders, uh, mid back and kind of colored pinkish wise and wearing a pink shirt and blue denim shorts, but uh, sitting next to the table and laying on the table in the doctor's office. And this little boy got a hormone blocker. He looks like he's maybe eight or nine or 10 at the most, right, Josh, would you say? I'd say eight or nine. And there's people out there, there's parents out there. This is child abuse. This is demonic. This is evil. And you shouldn't be afraid to say that publicly. Now, if you're talking to somebody that's got a transgendered son or daughter, they're struggling with that issue, grandson, granddaughter, anything where it's really personal, then, you know, be gentle and, and, and be careful with the words that you choose. But just in general, talking about this and you see something like this, I showed my friends here on Facebook Live and Rumble uh, the picture. I mean, that you should be disgusted. You should be outraged. This is child abuse and it is demonic. Okay. And it's the parent taking the, you think this eight year old boy knows what he's dealing with here? He doesn't yet. This, this picture is taken in a place where the doc, the parents willing to do that to their kids. So they're turning their kid into a lab rat uh, in order to uh, somehow project onto them. their screwed up worldview in their, in their virtue signaling by sticking hormone blockers in their son, who's probably eight or nine. So the parent you're going to be judged for that. The doctor, you're definitely going to be judged for that. And if you're in a community in a state that allows that or a nation that allows that, you're going to be judged for that. This is child abuse and it's demonic and it's evil. And we need to do everything we can to push back against it, which is uh, uh, one, if you can use the word positive result of what happened on Monday, is that this is forcing more of the conversation. And that needs to happen. Because you can't sit idly by while children are being abused by their parents in the medical community. So there's that. But but what about our president? What about how he's handling it? So we're, we're going to come up on the break here in a, pretty quick. So I'm not going to do this right now. We'll do it on the other side of the break. I'm going to play a video. He was uh, having an event at the White House on Monday. Some small business thing or something. There were some kids there in a large crowd. It looked like it was in the East Room of the White House. So th- this is going to be his fir- his first opportunity to speak publicly about the killing on Monday. This has happened Monday afternoon at the White House. This will be his first opportunity to speak publicly about it. And, and have you seen this? Did you see how he handled it? So he comes out to the full room. OK, and, and I'm going to play for you uh, the video, the audio. If you're just on radio or streaming online, you'll hear it. And, and I just want you to listen. And then I'll have some comments on that. And then uh, I think it was yesterday outside of the White House, he's heading out to the helicopter instead of going to Nashville to go comfort these grieving families, uh, which I think he should do because of the nature of this shooting with these three nine-year-olds at a small Christian school, any school. Uh, I don't think he should be heading to his vacation place to, to drive his Corvette. I think he should be heading to Nashville, but he's not. So on the way out to the helicopter, uh, he was asked a question about Nashville. And I want to talk about that as well. Uh, I think there's a combination here of him being checked out mentally, because I think he's losing his marbles as an old man, and him just being, well, a terrible person. I think he's just a terrible person, and I think he has been for a long time. 
So we'll talk about that. A couple other stories. I got a, a, a lot of other things I want to talk about with respect to the state of our nation and our need to pray, as always. We'll be right back. Increasing hope in the God of all hope. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. Great to be with you. Thank you so much for your time to be here for uh, these conversations. Hopefully you're with me most days than not. Uh, but if you, miss, if you miss the show, which is normal, most of us don't live based on live programming anymore. We get what we want when we want it, right? So if you want to do the podcast version, you can do that. Uh, basically all the big podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, you can find us there under The Steve Noble Show. So you can always find uh, the most recent shows and even going back into the archives a bit. Or if you want the video version, which includes on radio and the podcast, there's commercial breaks, but not here on Facebook Live or on Rumble. So during the commercial breaks, I continue to have a conversation with my friends there. So if you want to get a little bit more of that, a little bit more of a behind the scenes feel for it, it's a little more personal there because I'm looking in the camera at you (laughs) and you're here in the studio with me. So That's just under the Steve Noble Show on Facebook or on Rumble. So you can do it that way as well. Okay. Uh, You you know how I've been reacting to Monday. I'm sure most of you have been reacting in a very similar way. How has the president of the United States, number one, chosen to react? And number two, uh, in, in many ways, because of his obvious growing senility, incapable of reacting, uh, what I would say is normally. So you got those things in there. So on Monday, just to set this up, and then Josh will play this. On Monday, it's going to be Monday early afternoon. He's got an event there at the White House pre-planned. There's a lot of people there at the East Room. It looks like it's totally full. So he's going to come down and speak to these people anyway. But this will be the first time that he has an opportunity that day on the heels of the tragedy in Nashville to say something about it. So how does he handle that when he comes into the room? And he's got a big room, and there's some kids in there. So he's got to be, you know, a little sensitive there. But... This is going to be his first chance to speak publicly on that tragedy for Monday. And uh, you ready to go, Josh? Here's how our president handled it. Okay, let's play this. So they're they're getting ready for him to come in. And this is what happens. Turn it up a little. My name is Joe Biden. (laughs) I'm Dr. Joe Biden's husband. (laughs) And I ate Jenny's ice cream, chocolate chip. I came down because I heard there was chocolate chip ice cream. By the way, I have a whole refrigerator full upstairs. You think I'm kidding? I'm not. Ben, how are you, pal? One of the best guys in the United States Congress, Ben Cardin. (laughs) Folks, uh, welcome to the White House. It's a delight to have you all here. And who are those good-looking kids back there? All right, let's just stop it there. Okay, he he goes over two minutes before he says a word about Nashville. So he Nashville's all over the news. The vast majority of Americans by early afternoon on Monday know about this horrific tragedy. It's the president of the United States. It's his first time out in public that day. And he opens with a joke about his wife. I'm Joe Biden. Uh, I'm I'm Jill Biden's husband. And then I heard you had ice cream. Like, he goes on for more than two minutes before he gets to his comments about Nashville. All right, so what is that? What is that? What do you think that is? Like, 
Seriously? Because, you know, he's got this ongoing joke about how much he loves ice cream. And then there's this ongoing joke that, you know, he kind of pumps up his wife, Jill. is like, hey, everybody's here for her, not for me. He cracks those jokes all the time. But on Monday afternoon, and he does that? Like, what is that? I think it's two things. Number one, I think he's clearly losing his mind. Right? We have a president of the United States that at, at his advanced age is losing his marbles. That should be pretty obvious. Is it, is it early stages dementia? By the way he walks, some people say yes. It's definitely not nothing. And that, that when the, the, the nation, if you study the history of this country, like I do, uh, has, a, has a really interesting relationship with the president at times of any kind of national tragedy. That the president, even if you didn't vote for him, if, even if you can't stand him, if he handles a tragic moment well, it matters in this country. And so this old fool, and I don't mean that in a really nasty way. I just think he is an old fool. And he, and he leads with a joke, several jokes. So there's that. He's just losing his marbles. Secondly, uh, I just think I just think he's an insensitive jerk. I think he's been a, in, in the public servant game for 50 years. And he doesn't really care about regular people. He plays like he cares about regular people. He talks about Scranton and blah, 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 blah. He's, he hasn't been a regular person in five decades. And he has no concept of what regular life is outside of being a, uh, an elected official in the federal government. And I think he's just a jerk. And then I think this was yesterday. President Joe Biden is receiving criticism for seemingly joking that he would not consider Monday's Christian school shooting in Nashville, Tennessee, a hate crime. Okay, so this is a different thing. The president took questions from the media outside the White House Tuesday, yesterday. One reporter asked him, do you believe that Christians were targeted in the Nashville school shooting? Biden responded by declaring, I have no idea. Okay, that's that's a safe response. I have no idea. And the reporter noted that Josh Hawley, a staunch conservative and prominent critic of the president, believes that Christians were targeted in the shooting. Biden replied, well, I probably don't then. Meaning, I probably don't believe Christians were targeted because Josh Hawley says they were. Well, I, I, I probably don't then. And he chuckles. And then he goes, I, 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 was, I, I was only joking. I have no idea. How tone, first of all, how tone deaf do you have to be in general? To handle it that way and, and, and to allow yourself to laugh and say, I was only joking. When you're talking about what, what at the time was 24 hours old, the cold-blooded murder of three nine-year-old kids and three adults that worked at this uh, private Christian school. You're, to- you're so tone deaf, it's unbelievable. But you, you go to the level of the president of the United States, oh my goodness, that is just, that, that's indefensible and short of the blood of Christ, inexcusable, <laughs> okay? It just is. But that's the president of the United States who I, is not, I think is obviously not in full control of his faculties. And number two, like I said a minute ago, I think he's just a jerk. I, th- I think he, at some level, he's above everything. I, as a father, I'm sure at some level, he he experiences heartbreak. I, I sure hope so. I hope he's not such, he's, he's not a sociopath. I, I hope not. But my goodness, what is that? That that's disturbing. It's maddening. It's heartbreaking. And I'm like, I know, I I know, Lord, we need to pray for this guy. And quite honestly, sometimes I'm like, I don't want to pray for this guy. 
But we have to. A second Timothy chapter one is not a suggestion to pray for those in authority over us so that we can live quiet and peaceful lives. Uh, no, it, that's a commandment. And I'm like, I really don't want to pray for this guy, but obviously he needs our prayers. Does he not really remarkable? Uh, Hey clay, I'm going to get to you after the break. If anybody wants to call in, if you'd like to call in and if you can, Hold, Clay. It's fine. If you can't, I understand. But if you want to call in, if you have something you'd like to share about Monday's uh, cold-blooded murder of six people and then the shooter, the transgendered girl, uh, feel fun. That, that's fine. I'd, I'd love to give you the airtime to do that. 866-348-7884. 866-348-7884 or 866-34-TRUTH. And then I've got some other stories I want to dig into as well. This is Steve Noble on The Steve Noble Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show. Great to be with you. I want to take a couple calls right quick for people that wanted to share something about uh, either a Monday shooting or perhaps what we were just talking about, which was uh, Sleepy Joe's uh, response to all of this. But let's go to our friend Clay first. Clay, thanks for calling, my friend. Go right ahead. Hey, brother. Um, well, first, let me start off by saying I would like to say uh, heartfelt thank you, Jesus, for you. <laughs> Um, I listened to, you know, what you had to say and share yesterday, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit astounded that uh, an individual, all I could do was think about it and when, when you were sharing what you were sharing um, about how an individual thought um, <laughs> that they, they could only, in a way, think of negative things. I've known you for a long time. And, uh, you know, oh, you're talking about really, the lady really, who called into Truth Network and left the message yes. mad at me about yes. the way I handle Trump. Yes. OK, thanks. And that and that's really sad because I, I've known you for quite some time and I know that you are a godly man. You have a family. You you know, you've um, been doing the correct thing and the right thing for everything. And uh, it just really sad me yesterday to have to hear you share that because uh, <laughs> I, I know that people are out there and I was just listen, listening to the commercial before you came back on says we need to be in prayer. We do, we, we all need to be in prayer. It also saddens me though that, that you know, what you were talking about, the uh, 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 Sleepy Joe, mm-hmm. uh, that's my nickname for him um, because he did not uh, you know, he did not, when we had the other situation that happened, he was somewhere else out of the country when he should yeah. have been here in this country, um, uh, you know, that, um, and, and then, of course, this thing in, in, in um, Nashville. Um, this really speaks volumes um, because those people that are, uh, you know, and, and I like what you also, I, I, I truly love what you had to say about, you know, seven people, seven people that that says something seven people lost their lives because of an individual that had a mental health problem and 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 that's really neat we need we all need to focus on that because each of us has something going on but you know what i just want to commend you uh, i'm seriously i really mean this from my heart i highly commend you for what you do every day on this radio radio um, because it's you, you're not going to hear that, um, and I, I know you have a godly heart, and I am so thankful to the Lord for you 
because of wh- who you are and what you do. And, uh, you know, um, just we just all need to be, you know, lift each other up, be yep, encouraging. Right. The Bible says to Amen. do that. And yeah. I, 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 I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, hang up and everything, but I just want to say I'm thankful for you. I love you, Thank brother. You, and God too. bless you, man. God bless Thanks, you buddy. for what you're doing. God bless you, too. Thanks so much, Clay. God bless you. Thank you for that. And, hey, listen, when I, when I get it right, all the glory goes to God. When I get it wrong, all the blame goes to me. That's the deal. And most of the time, I, I try to do the right thing, and I fall short. So, believe me, I'm not pontificating down from some lofty perch because I'm, I'm some awesome person. The only authority I have is when I'm uh, rightly applying the Word of God. That's it. <clears throat> Nothing for me personally. The only good I can bring you. And the only truth I can speak, it has to go through Scripture first. Uh, but I certainly appreciate that. Thanks, Clay. Let's go to Michelle, who's also calling in from North Carolina. Michelle, thanks for calling. Go right ahead. Hey, Steve. I just wanted to call and say, don't give Joe a pass by saying that he's crazy. Because, yes, he is crazy, but he is also, as you said, a jerk. And if this had been a predominantly um, African-American private school or uh, another race, he would have had a totally different reaction. Mm -hmm. He and his party um, are not friends of the white community. And I don't know how long it's going to take the white community to realize that the Democratic Party is not a friend to the white community and they are not going to protect us. And as Christians, we are going to be persecuted by them. So, you know, it says in the Bible, it's going to happen. But, you know, that party is not our friend. And he would have had a totally different reaction Mm -hmm. if it had been an African-American church. Oh yeah. And and if that, and, 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 and this girl is 28, uh, the murderer, if if she's wearing a red hat, I couldn't tell what her red hat said. But if but if she threw the MAGA hat on, just because she was so sick and twisted anyway, just to just to throw a little more gas on the fire, uh, that would have changed everything too. He would have been talking about radical MAGA Republicans, and this is what oh, you yeah. get. This is what you're happening to your society. And uh, yeah, I, I, I and, and believe me, and I appreciate you saying it, Michelle. I, I I'm not laying every all the Joe Biden stuff off on his senility. That's a part of it, but the overwhelming part of it is I just think he's a jerk. I think he's a he, at this oh, yeah. point in his life, he's a heartless person. He's just a politician. He plays all the games that unfortunately a lot of politicians play, and he's got uh, very little moral character to stand on. Uh, plus, he's losing his marbles. So that's it's just it's a train wreck any way you look at it. <clears throat> Michelle, yep. thanks so much for calling. I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. God bless you. And and that's a, hey, the whole thing, the, the Democrat Party doesn't care about white people. Well, uh, the Democrat Party is made up mostly of white people. I think I would I would follow up on that one and say uh, the Democrat Party is 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 uh, use is is fine and comfortable with resegregating the country because they like to have different classes. They're class warfare people. And so they can play off the victimhood of any one class. And so when it's black on white crime, we're not going to say anything about that. When it's black on black crime, we're not going to say anything about that. But if it's white on black crime, okay, all right, there you go. Now we got a, we got a victim class. They don't see whites as the victim class. They see white people as the privileged class. And that, and they don't ever really come right out senior leadership and say this stuff openly, 
but you'll know them by their fruit. And you just watch uh, what they do choose to say and what they don't say. And absolutely, I, I agree with you, Michelle. If this had been a different situation, he would have been Johnny on the spot. But he knows his people. He knows he knows his base. And he can't come out and be Mr. Uh, brokenhearted about, uh, even though it's little kids who are not a part of this back and forth conversation on transgenderism. They're not part of that culture war. Not yet. But but if 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 the circumstances were different, it would have been I think he would have been totally different. Which means he's a politician and not a good person. He puts politics first. Really sad and uh, and really disgusting. So on that one, uh the Twitter still got problems folks, just because Elon Musk owns it now. Federalist CEO Sean Davis was locked out of his Twitter account Tuesday night for factually reporting on the Trans Day of Vengeance following the deaths of the the three kids and and the adults at the school. In Nashville, this is what he tweeted, the cold-blooded mass murder at a Christian school in Nashville by an apparent transgender person came just days before a planned Trans Day of Vengeance organized by the Trans Radical Activist Network. That was in his tweet. According to Twitter, Davis's objectively true tweet violates the app's rules against violent speech. (laughs) He's reporting accurately because the Trans Radical Activist Network does exist, and they do have a Trans Day of Vengeance planned, which is uh, March 31st through April 2nd, up in D.C., so it's this weekend, including the Day of Vengeance, which they're organizing to be outside of the United States Supreme Court, plus part of their thing, if you could look it up and look at their website and look at their flyer for it, also talks about firearm training. How do you not report that? I talked about that yesterday. How do you not report that? And then Twitter bans the guy, shuts him down because because he put that out there. It also happened uh, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene and Daily Wire journalist Luke Rosiak. Uh, same reason, because they put up a, a story about the Trans Day of Vengeance. So we'll see if, if Elon Musk's Twitter can overcome that ridiculousness. Uh, we'll see. All right, this one, and then in the fourth segment, I want to talk about uh, this bombshell vax analysis, which is fascinating, and and factor that into uh, the Republican primary. But here in North Carolina, this was on Fox News. North Carolina Public Schools says it's looking to revise campus policies after students straddled by a drag queen. All right, and and you wonder why states like Tennessee are, are taking action on the whole transgender movement, especially when it comes to minors. A North Carolina public school, it was a community college, says it's exploring ways to revise campus policies. After children as young as age 14 were invited to a drag queen show on campus. So all you folks down in Charlotte listening today. Forsyth Technical Community College. Oh, that's in Winston-Salem. Sorry, all our Truth Radio friends in Winston. Uh, was thrust into the national spotlight Tuesday, I guess pun intended, after a video published by Libs of TikTok showed a drag queen straddling a young girl during an LGBTQ pride festival at the school. The school confirmed in an earlier statement that students of all ages were allowed to attend, and photos posted by the school's official Instagram account showed drag queens posing with young girls. They're proud of it. Read Romans chapter 1. Just go to the end. Just fast forward. Go to the end of Romans chapter 1, where they show approval to one another, reprobate minds, Promotional materials for the event, which was held at a restaurant on campus, featured photos of four drag queens and advertised a drag performance and free food, drinks, music, and activities. They should have added uh, deeply offensive child abuse. And literally the drag queens straddling a 14-year-old girl in one of these pictures. Right here in the Bible Belt, here in Winston-Salem. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show. Thank you for being here today. I want to turn the corner and talk about some politics, specifically uh, Trump and DeSantis and, and the Republican primary. Before that, uh, I'm heading down to South Carolina in the morning. We got a big homeschool convention down there. So when we uh, officially started Noble U, this is my 11th school year teaching. So I've been teaching locally in person, but wanted to be able to reach outside of that. This is something the Lord's really burdened me with. And uh, I'm, I'm uh, pretty sure I'm pretty good at it. So uh, we expanded and started Noble U last year officially so that I could start trying to expand outside of the Raleigh area with my in-person classes. And this year I have like 30, 35 online students. That's great. Want to see that continue to grow. And so I'm going to four different homeschool conventions just to go engage. I'm, I'm doing a, some breakout sessions at them. I've got one tomorrow at four o'clock, which is why I won't be on the radio, uh, talking about the need for Christian ethics training for young Christian uh, people, specifically high school students. And then and just have, have a booth set up and talking to folks uh, through the end of the day on Saturday. So I won't be here tomorrow or Friday. God willing, I'll be back on Monday. But tomorrow, Theology Thursday will go on. Our good friend Renton Rathbun, who's really the head of the uh, the uh, Worldview Apologetics Center down at Bob Jones University. He's going to guest host. He's always a great guest. He's a lot of fun. He's brilliant. So he's guest hosting tomorrow, but he's got a, an, an incredible guest with him, Rosaria Butterfield. Uh, she's got a book coming out later this year. I think it's her fourth book, Five Lies of Our Anti-Christian Age. She was a uber-liberal lesbian professor at Syracuse. And then she met this older Christian couple, much, much older than her. She was living with her girlfriend at the time. And they just loved her well. It's one of the most amazing testimonies of conversion I've ever heard. So he'll be with Rosaria Butterfield tomorrow. They'll, they'll be on Zoom, too. So they'll be on Facebook Live and Rumble as well. That's tomorrow. And then Friday, our good friend uh, Stu Epperson Jr. from the Truth Radio Network will be back on the show Friday. And for the first half of the show, he's going to talk to my good friend, Pastor Chad Harvey from Cross Assembly Church here in the Raleigh area. Also, you can also hear Chad's preaching on the Truth Radio Network. He's incredible. And Chad really wants to speak about the situation from Nashville. And so he's going to be on for half the show with Stu on Friday. And then, God willing, like I said, I'll be back on Monday. So a couple of great days uh, while I'm gone. Excited for that. And appreciate everybody helping out <clears throat> with that one. Okay. Uh, so interesting. Only one in four Democrats actually want Biden to run again. Only 25% of Democrats said Biden should seek a second term in the last Monmouth University survey. Okay, but the Democrats are really good once they get going because they they do group think really well. Republicans struggle with that. Democrats don't. They're really good at that. And so uh, now now that you got all the challenges in the Republican Party in the primary, we're in a primary. President Trump is running for the presidency, but he has to win the Republican primary first. And so uh, some of us I voted for Trump in 2016. I voted for him in 2020. If it comes down to Trump versus Biden, he's going to get my vote again. That's a no brainer to me. Uh, but we got to go through the process first. Uh, mostly, I, I think I, I think Donald Trump will struggle to win a general election. I think Ron DeSantis would have a better opportunity to win a general election against Joe Biden. And so uh, our good friend Steve Dace, his movie uh, Nefarious, which is going to rock your world. It's based on his book, A Nefarious Plot. It's about demon possession. And uh, A Nefarious Plot was about this demon named Nefarious who Satan dispatches to destroy America. And it's that story over a couple hundred years. A Nefarious Plot is where that information came from in the first place. So it's a, it's a demon possession story all set in a jail. Really an amazing, just kind of rock your world. So that's coming out nationwide April 14th. We're going to have Steve on the show sometime next week. 
Uh, and you'll start hearing. I'm going to play some ads for that uh, movie coming out. Again, that's April 14th. But here's Steve Dace talking about the situation. If the 24 election turns out to be the guy who overturned the greatest evil of the last generation, Roe versus Wade, that's he's referencing Trump there, versus a demonic disciple uh, of it, I will ballot harvest for Trump myself. But that election is not today. Today we're having an election to determine the best champion against the greatest evil of this generation. And that is everything that COVID Operation Warp Speed hath wrought, including bringing us to the brink of utter societal ruin and dangerous cliffs of excess deaths, inhumane tyranny, mental health, economic turmoil, etc. And Trump made every wrong decision possible to set it all in motion. This is an indisputable fact, Steve Dace says. Anything else is gaslighting. His opponent, Ron DeSantis, initially made several of the same mistakes, too. The difference is when confronted with truth that these were mistakes, he turned away from the wrong path he was on. In another context, we would call that repentance and embarked upon the righteous road. To this day, Trump has done none of that. He has not only admitted no error, but maintained his heinous lockdowns and poison poke saved lives. We must learn now if he has truly learned anything before vesting our power in him again because the enemy is aware he buckled the last time and will test him accordingly if we do. At least 10,000 small family businesses were erased by his decisions at the time, and they aren't coming back. Hundreds of thousands have died, hashtag died suddenly, and they aren't coming back either. We have a primary to determine this answer. Some of you don't want to know this truth, but I love you too much to let you live by lies. This is Steve Dace tweeting. So I vow on this third anniversary of the wicked and immoral 30 days to slow the spread calamity, I will tell you the truth during this testing, as I did the whole time Trump was failing us in, in his test before, referencing COVID. And I will use every ounce of the Iowa caucus process I have access to in order to keep that vow. And no complaints or threats from above, below, or either side will deter me. This is my promise to you. Okay, there's Steve Days. So it's going to be very interesting to watch how... This primary unfolds once DeSantis gets in because DeSantis will most likely admit, OK, I, I kind of followed the, the, the momentum early on with with COVID. But once the facts started to come out, cold, hard facts started to come out, then I was no longer going to play the narrative. I was going to do the right thing as opposed to former President Trump. That's how that's going to go down. And so we're going to and, and Trump, because I think he's I don't I can't remember a time where he's come out and said, yeah, I was wrong. Okay, if he has, I'm sure, hopefully it's happened, but but not on a national level. Okay, I don't know that he's capable of taking any any blame for anything with respect to COVID. We got the shots done, Operation Warp Speed. I saved millions of lives. Well, now you got a lot of information coming out on that. Okay, but he he usually sometimes he'll use facts and figures if it's going to help him, and then sometimes he will just ignore them. Okay, which is not abnormal for politicians, and Trump at some level is a politician. Okay. There's no question about that. He wasn't before. He is now. So, so I thought this article was fascinating. I saw this yesterday. Bombshell Vax analysis finds $147 billion in economic damage, tens of millions injured or disabled, which is what Steve Dace was referencing. A new report estimates that 26.6 million people were injured, 1.36 million people disabled, and 300,000 excess deaths can be attributed to COVID-19 vaccine damages in 2022 alone, which cost the economy nearly $150 billion. And he's just talking about America here, okay? Now, who came up with this? Who, who, who did this research? Research firm Finance Technologies, with a PH, founded and operated by former BlackRock portfolio manager Ed Dowd, who's not an idiot, Yuri uh, Nunez, a PhD in physics and an MS in mathematics, and Carlos Algeria, a PhD in physics and finance. 
They split the imp- they split the impact of the vaccine into four broad categories to estimate the human costs associated with the COVID nineteen vaccine. No effect or asymptomatic. Those who were sustained injuries, mild to moderate. Those who became disabled, that's severe, and death, which is extreme. Data on vaccine disabilities and injuries comes directly from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, while excess death figures are derived from official figures on deaths in the U.S. via two different methods. It's important to note that people in one category injured, for example, can move into later categories of severity, which, is this, which this analysis does not take into consideration. Quote, we need to remember that not only are these groupings an attempt to characterize different levels of damage from the inoculations, they are not static and could interact with each other. For instance, there might be an individual who had no visible effects after vaccination, but nonetheless could still be impacted. Individuals with mild injuries from the inoculations could, over time, develop severe injuries to the extent of being disabled or an extreme outcome such as death. And then they looked at estimating the economic cost. In analyzing each of the above categories, finance used absolute excess lost work time, see previous report, to determine that that the direct economic cost of vaccine injuries was $79.5 billion in 2022 and $52.2 billion for those with severe disabilities. For deaths, they used the average yearly absolute rise in excess deaths since 2021, which was 0.05%, for the 25 to 64-year-old demographic, which amounted to $5.6 billion in lost productivity. In total... They found a total economic cost of $147.8 billion in 2022 due to the COVID-19 vaccines. As Dowd notes, these figures are just what can be currently measured as things like the knock effects, such as lost productivity due to workers being present but working at, say, 50 to 75 percent of capacity is missed, plus burnout from those picking up slack. The multiplier effects are massive. Now imagine, the article concludes, the impact worldwide. Okay, so where did most of this vax, most of these shots come from? Uh, that would be us. That would be the United States of America uh, as a result of Operation Warp Speed, which Trump, you know, owns. And so here, here's the problem. Fauci recently was, uh, and remember we played this. He had this interaction with somebody in Washington, D.C., out going door to door at the mayor. This was uh, summer of 2021, so this guy was way ahead of the curve. And he's like, hey, you know, I, I'm not going to trust these uh, shots of yours because uh, it's only been around for, you know, a year or so. And Fauci's like, no, no, actually, it's been around for 20 years. What Fauci was referencing was uh, the development of mRNA technology had been going on for 20 years. What this guy's point was, which stands, is that vaccines, mass rollout medications go through three different clinical trials, phase one, phase two, phase three which takes five, seven, eight, ten, sometimes 12 years. Because if you're going to put a product out this widespread, you need to know what's going to happen, you know, a year after you got it, three years after you got it, five years after you got it, because things can happen. They didn't do that. They started pumping that stuff out there after nine months, nine months worth of clinical trial data. And Trump's going to have to answer for all that. It's going to be fascinating. Uh, May the best man win. We need to pray for all of them and pray to the Lord that we get the best shot at taking Biden out of office. This is Steve Noble on the Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you again real soon. And like my dad always used to say, ever forward. Another program powered by the Truth Network.